You're listening to Randall Wallace Presents, formerly Bridging the Political Gap, the number one American history podcast of 2024 by Feedspot.com. What's wrong? Nothing. You seem sad. Oh, a little. I was just thinking about how nice it is to live in a free country. It is. Now, why does that make you sad? That part I love. What makes me sad is learning about some of the dictators who oppress people in other parts of the world. I see. Yes, we are very lucky to live in a democratic society. Have you ever heard of Manuel Noriega? Oh, yes. He was the first leader of a foreign government to face criminal charges in an American court of law. I heard that. He was a dictator, right? Yes. He was the former dictator of Panama, with quite a story. Let's hear it. make a brief statement. Um, I'd like to comment on the Panamanian elections. I met with the Mirtha delegation to hear their report, and I have now received the preliminary report from President Ford and President Carter. President Carter and his whole delegation will be here shortly to give me a full report. In addition, we have the report of other observer groups, including that of the Archbishop of Panama, which demonstrate clearly that despite massive irregularities at the polls, the opposition has won a clear-cut, overwhelming victory. The Panamanian people have spoken, and I call on General Noriega to respect the voice of the people, and I call on all foreign leaders to urge General Noriega to honor the clear results of the election. And I might add that I applaud the statement by uh, Peru's Alan Garcia, uh, who has spoken out against the fraud. I uh, noted with interest that the Archbishop of Panama uh, felt that 74% of the vote went to the opposition. And I understand that Carlos Andres Paris of, uh, of uh, Venezuela is talking to some of the neighboring countries there to encourage a joint statement against the fraud that has taken place and calling on Noriega to honor the results of this election. Well, Mr. Well, now, what kind of military otherwise? force are you considering? That's, we're told that that's one of the options. The election results have not been handed in formally, announced, and until they are, uh, I will not discuss the options of the United States. I will simply again call on General Noriega to honor the will of the people. Mr. President, you called on him a year ago to do precisely the same thing as did Mr. Reagan, and nothing happened. Why should it be any different? Because there has been a massive voice of the people heard. There has been a statement for democracy so loud and so clear that perhaps even General Noriega will listen to it. And I want to, uh, I would like to think that he will heed the call of the people 
and that he would listen to the international outcry that is building and that he would step down from office, in which case the relations with the United States would improve dramatically and instantly. Have you spoken to foreign leaders? Do you plan to speak with foreign leaders? I probably will, and without going into who I've spoken to, uh, the answer is yes. You know, we've had foreign visitors here and talked to them. And have you, have you uh, do you really think you have a military option, and on what basis could you go into someone else's country? Helen, I'm not going to say what our options are. I've not discussed that here today. I have obviously discussed options with my own top advisors. I listened very intently to the members of Congress that came in, uh, and uh, some of them had specific suggestions. But I want to see General Noriega do what I've just encouraged him to do and what other foreign leaders apparently well, are encouraging him to do. Can you put yourself in a box here by making uh, such a public point of being upset about these elections, and if Noriega decides to stay anyhow, that it looks like the United States is being ineffective? I don't think the United States is ever in a box when it speaks out in favor of free, fair elections and honoring the will of the people. That's what we stand for. And so I don't think there's any box involved. Some members of Congress have uh, called for the abrogation of the Canal Treaty. Is that a, in any way a possibility in your mind? I want to see General Noriega do what I've just encouraged him to do. I want to see the will of the people honored. But under any circumstances, would you want to be hypothetical questions at this point? Have you given him any personal ultimatum? Uh, put it this way, General Noriega knows my position. How? Never mind, he knows. He's been up? told in recent, and he knows about it. Uh, through recent contacts. Have you issued any orders regarding the military uh, on the bases in Panama? Uh, in a state of alert, are you anticipating increasing their numbers? Uh, I will discuss at the appropriate time what options uh, or what, what course of action I will take, but I'm not going to do that now. What I want to do now is encourage this last moment uh, for General Noriega to heed the appeal of those people who favor democracy and to heed the will of the Panamanian people. So I don't want to go beyond that in terms of uh, uh, deployment of U.S. force. Are you any closer to an SMF agreement? Uh, I, I have a good feeling that there's uh, been a lot of smoke out there and that we'll have a, have a smooth summit. Can you talk with Cole again? That means you're willing to compromise, right? Might mean people are willing to do it our way with the United States. That doesn't sound that way. Right. Well, I don't believe everything reading the UP. Will it, be, mean, uh, <laughs> will it be settled tonight with the Dutch? I, I don't know. We haven't. We, we'll be talking to to uh, Mr. Lubbers over here, a friend of long standing, and a man with whom I can talk very, very frankly. Uh, about SNF, and I didn't talk to him this morning about it. We talked about other subjects, but I reserved, I've added an additional hour so we can do just exactly that. But uh, this alliance is not going to fall apart. It is going to stay together and be strong, and uh, we'll, we'll work it out. Huh? What do you think about the North verdict? Um, as you know, I wanted uh, all along to see him, uh, see him um, exonerated. And uh, that matter is now being under appeal, and thus I will have nothing more to say about it while it is. What do you think he was innocent? I'm not going to argue with the courts, but I, I'm in process is being appealed. He 
is entitled to the right of appeal without a lot of editorial comment from me on it. Well, Although I've already given you some. You don't believe in shredding uh, documents. Really? No, I believe in taking them with me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, our edition of Randall Wallace Presents on George H.W. Bush, and this is Bloody December. Uh, it is this final week when both the invasion of Panama uh, happens and the revolution in Romania that led to the execution of Nicolae Ceausescu. We're going to start off with Panama. And it was a kind of a crazy week. Noriega, who had been, as, as we'll show you, a CIA operative years before, now he's the dictator of this country. At one point, he tried, had been involved in a coup attempt in Panama. And then later, he kind of moved the government out and, and took over. Uh, he's also dealing drugs and, and moving uh, cocaine into the United States. But there's a whole crazy set of circumstances after the election uh, in May in which he just, you know, he, they got blown out, but he just rigs it and, and says it's his. And he's now like the head of the government or, uh, you know, and, and it just ignores that, that this other government had been elected in May uh, and at some point, uh, as things escalate, tension escalates between Noriega's government and President Bush, he declares a war against the United States. And five days later, we invade. And and so uh, it's, you know, you've got to wonder what this guy is thinking. I, I think at one point you hear one of the Bush sta- uh, cabinet people call Noriega the mouse that roared. <laughs> but uh, anyway... That is what led uh, us to this invasion. But I thought uh, we'd take a look at the life of Manuel, Nor- Manuel Noriega, who would later spend 20 years in jail, uh, spend some time in jail both in the United States and Miami and then in, in France, and then move on to Panama. And he died at the age of 83 from a brain tumor. Manuel Antonio Noriega died at the age of 83 following a surgery to remove a brain tumor. The former Panamanian ruler and military leader is well known for his tenuous relationship with the U.S., particularly after it came to light that he was narco-trafficking and receiving multi-million dollar kickbacks from the Colombian Medellin drug cartel. Born in 1934 in Panama City, Noriega spent over 20 years in various prisons around the world for drug trafficking, money laundering, and murdering political opponents. A graduate from the U.S. School of the Americas in Panama, he worked for the CIA from the late 1950s through the 80s. He was involved in a failed coup attempt in 1969, but rose up the military ranks, eventually becoming commander of the Panamanian Defense Forces in 1982. As a military commander, Noriega allowed U.S. forces to set up electronic listening posts in Panama. He let them use the country to send secret aid to pro-American forces in El Salvador and Nicaragua. But he fell out with Washington after he voided the Panama's election results in 1984, when he dismissed the nation's first directly elected president in 16 years, Nicolás Ardito Barletta. In February 1988, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration indicted him on federal drug charges relating to cocaine trafficking and money laundering. The next year, Noriega nullified the results of the general election and had the opposition beaten. On December 15, 1989, Noriega-controlled National Assembly declared the United States and Panama to be in a state of war. Five days later, 
Then U.S. President George H.W. Bush sent U.S. forces into Panama. General Noriega's reckless threats and attacks upon Americans in Panama created an imminent danger to the 35,000 American citizens in Panama. As president, I have no higher obligation than to safeguard the lives of American citizens. On December 20th, 27,000 U.S. troops seized control of Panama City in Operation Just Cause. Noriega surrendered in January 1990 after holding up in the Vatican Embassy, unable to withstand an assault of loud rock music that Americans blasted at the mission night and day. After spending 20 years in a U.S. prison in Miami and another year in French custody, Noriega returned to his homeland in December of 2011 in a wheelchair and was immediately imprisoned there. He'd been treated several times for respiratory issues and his brain tumor over the past few years. Anyway, we get into December of 1989, and George H.W. Bush has had enough. And uh, and there's things that escalate. A, a Marine, I think, gets killed Uh and there's some harassment of, of another diplomat's wife. Uh, there's, there's a lot that happens. And then, this, then there's this crazy declaration of war. And I think George Bush just said, enough. We're, we're not going to deal with it. Not to mention that he's indicted in a court in, in Florida for drug dealing. Uh, and so, uh, or, you know, distribution. So Noriega is just, is, is just renegade dictator. And uh, George Bush has had enough, and on the 20th of December, he orders the invasion of Panama. My fellow citizens, last night I ordered U.S. military forces to Panama. No president takes such action lightly. This morning, I want to tell you what I did and why I did it. For nearly two years, the United States, the nations of Latin America and the Caribbean, have worked together to resolve the crisis in Panama. The goals of the United States have been to safeguard the lives of Americans, to defend democracy in Panama, to combat drug trafficking, and to protect the integrity of the Panama Canal Treaty. Many attempts have been made to resolve this crisis through diplomacy and negotiations. All were rejected by the dictator of Panama General Manuel Noriega, an indicted drug trafficker. Last Friday, Noriega declared his military dictatorship to be in a state of war with the United States and publicly threatened the lives of Americans in Panama. The very next day, forces under his command shot and killed an, un an unarmed American serviceman, wounded another, arrested and brutally beat a third American serviceman, and then brutally interrogated uh, his wife, threatening her with sexual abuse. That was enough. General Noriega's reckless threats and attacks upon Americans in Panama created an imminent danger to the 35,000 American citizens in Panama. As president, I have no higher obligation than to safeguard the lives of American citizens. And that is why I directed our armed forces to protect the lives of American citizens in Panama and to bring General Noriega to justice in the United States. 
I contacted the bipartisan leadership of Congress last night and informed them of this decision. And after taking this action, I also talked with leaders in Latin America, the Caribbean, and uh, those of other U.S. allies. At this moment, U.S. forces, including forces deployed from the United States last night, are engaged in action in Panama. The United States intends to withdraw the forces newly deployed to Panama as quickly as possible. Our forces have conducted themselves courageously and selflessly. And as Commander-in-Chief, I salute every one of them and thank them on behalf of our country. Tragically, some Americans have lost their lives in defense of their fellow citizens, in defense of democracy. And my heart goes out to their families. We also regret and mourn the loss of innocent Panamanians. The brave Panamanians elected by the people of Panama in the elections last May, President Guillermo Indara and Vice Presidents Calderon and Ford, have assumed the rightful leadership of their country. You remember those horrible pictures of newly elected Vice President Ford, covered head to toe with blood, beaten mercilessly by so-called dignity battalions. Well, the United States today recognizes the democratically elected government of President Endera. I will send our ambassador back to Panama immediately. Key military objectives have been achieved. Most organized resistance uh, has been eliminated. But the operation is not over yet. Uh, General Noriega is in hiding. And nevertheless, yesterday, a dictator ruled Panama. And today, constitutionally elected, uh, elected leaders govern. I have today directed the Secretary of the Treasury and the Secretary of State to lift the economic sanctions with respect to the democratically elected government of Panama and in cooperation with that government to take steps to effect an orderly unblocking of Panamanian government assets in the United States. I am fully committed to implement the Panama Canal treaties and turn over the canal to Panama in the year 2000. The actions we have taken and the cooperation of a new democratic government in Panama will permit us to honor these commitments. As soon as the new government recommends a qualified candidate, Panamanian, to be administrator of the canal as called for in the treaties, I will submit this nominee to the Senate for expedited consideration. I am committed to strengthening our relationship with the democratic nations in this hemisphere. I will continue to seek solutions to the problems of this region through dialogue and multilateral diplomacy. I took this action only after reaching the conclusion that every other avenue was closed and the lives of American citizens were in grave danger. I hope that the people of Panama will put this dark chapter of dictatorship behind them and move forward together as citizens of a democratic Panama with this government that they themselves have elected. The United States is eager to work with the Panamanian people in partnership and friendship to rebuild their economy. The Panamanian, the Panamanian people want democracy 
peace, and the chance for a better life in dignity and freedom. The people of the United States seek only to support them in pursuit of these noble goals. Thank you very much. your host for Bridging the Political Gap. I want to thank you first for tuning in to our podcast and invite you to come to our website, randallwallace.com. There you can get a copy of our book, Always Vote Your Conscience, Don't Take It Personally, and Don't Fight the Same Old Battles Over and Over Again, with a lot of policy suggestions and things that I think everyone could embrace, an argument for why we need to be working together instead of fighting with each other. Also, you can take a look at the first 11 episodes of this podcast, which was a podcast documentary that looked at the World War II generation of bipartisan leadership that built the American century and the lessons we can learn from them to apply to today's situations. Again, thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And if you've enjoyed our show, please leave us a review at wherever you get your podcast. And now, let's get back to the show. military operation this particular scene uh, this is uh, US troops landing at old Panama difficult to tell whether they're army or Marines uh, landing at uh, that old Panama you can see smoke in the distance this was just a few hours ago and this was about uh, two hours ago one Vasquez says daylight came and uh, American troops securing uh, roads and bridges while Panama is a, a small country and uh, Panama City is a comparatively uh, a small city by uh, world standards, I want to keep in mind of, of what a, a difficult and very large operation this is. Helicopters are uh, just at dawn, as you can see. The U.S. attack uh, began at about midnight uh, last night Eastern Time. Uh, early elements of the attack started much earlier than that, but the official Marked time for the attack was 1 a.m. Eastern uh, time. The heaviest fighting apparently occurred between 1 and 4 a.m. U.S. time. These pictures taken as uh, daylight came. And uh, those particular helicopters appear to be uh, troop-carrying helicopters. This was in the vicinity. This was the eastern side of the city on the vicinity of the Marriott Hotel. And now this is in, excuse me, Dan. Please, Ron, go the, ahead. This is, that was in the general area of, uh, now apparently we've lost the picture, but the last pictures we saw were Americans moving into the general area of one of the Panamanian military installations located uh, in the eastern side of the city between the Marriott and the International Airport. 
Well, one, uh, we may get some more uh, pictures as we are giving our uh, viewers here the, uh, the, the, the raw videotape, raw in the sense that it hasn't been edited as we're able to get it up uh, from the satellite station uh, there in Panama. Now, to review where we are, what we know, what we don't know, what's going on, the preliminary casualty toll, and everyone emphasizes it's early, can be expected to rise, perhaps uh, go up quite a bit, uh, in the U.S. military attack on Manuel Noriega is nine American uh, military personnel killed in action, 39 uh, wounded, one missing. Uh, at least 50 Panamanians are known to be dead. The toll among Panamanians is, uh, is widely believed to be much higher than that. Noriega himself, hunted, remains on the loose. Um, uh, U.S. officials have said that while they believe that Noriega is still inside the country, that they can't be certain of that. Correspondent David Martin is uh, at the Pentagon. David? He has only one event on his public schedule that uh, is going to be held, and that's a photograph, I think, not a photo opportunity with uh, uh, some aid to Poland uh, group. And the rest of the time, I think he'll be standing by awaiting word from uh, from Panama on what is uh, on what is happening there. Uh, as we've talked about earlier in political terms, it does strike me that uh, if the overall assessment that was given us this morning by General Powell uh, holds up, that uh, he's not going to be in much and in, in very great difficulty. The question, of course, is will it hold up? The overall assessment, of course, being clouded at the moment by this, uh, by this uh, taking of Americans uh, by independent members of, of the, uh, the brigades. Um, is there a sense anywhere that you can tell that this is the kind of thing that would compromise the whole operation? Doesn't sound like it, does it? It doesn't, uh, Peter. And you'll recall, I'm sure that uh, General Powell was asked about this whole matter of hostages, and he said that they were doing everything they could, everything they could to chase that down. And if I'm not mistaken, he also said that he felt that we had sufficient force present to deal with that. And it appears from all accounts that we certainly do have sufficient force, uh, roughly triple, at least triple, the number of uh, soldiers on the ground that the, that the PDF could mount. I can't imagine that this... Uh, that this, uh, th these uh, uh, Dignity Battalion uh, uh, figures amount to very many people. Okay. Britt, thanks very much indeed. Uh, Britt Hume, John McCarthy in Washington. Just to uh, briefly review, we do not know where General... Now, somebody wishes to speak to me in my ear, so go ahead. Okay, what we can do is now go back and review uh, a portion of the president's not very extensive remarks he made from the Oval Office uh, today about his assessment of the operation as he saw it about an hour and a half ago. That was enough. General Noriega's reckless threats and attacks upon Americans in Panama created an imminent danger to the 35,000 American citizens in Panama. As president, I have no higher obligation than to safeguard the lives of American citizens. And that is why I directed our armed forces to protect the lives of American citizens in Panama and to bring General Noriega to justice in the United States. Let us, uh, now that we feel uh, not uh, comfortable but better able to report that one of the two Americans, uh, actually the two Americans have been taken from the hotel a short while ago, are both uh, television producers, John Meyerson, who works for CBS, and Robert Campos, who works for ABC, along with John Quinones. Let's go back to the hotel now and ask uh, John Quinones if you can give us some more details, John, of what happened. John Quinones? I'm sorry, Peter, I, I did not hear that. I'm sorry, I, could I ask you if you could give us a few more details of what happened to Bob Campos and John Meyerson? 
They were downstairs in the lobby. They just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. We were uh, trying to, uh, to dis we were discussing feeding videotape out of Panama back to New York. Uh, we just got our satellite up, as your video shows, and uh, they were uh, about to leave the hotel uh, to feed that vid more videotape to New York. Suddenly, uh, a truckload of about four or five of these men uh, showed up fully armed. They, uh, they were shouting that uh, too many uh, Panamanians have been innocently uh, killed by Americans, and they just wanted, uh, they, they wanted to take more Americans out of here, clearly. Uh, there is a great deal of anger here that, uh, that this hotel, such a prime target, for these battalions is uh, so poorly protected. Uh, we have not seen any American troops uh, within blocks of the Marriott. Well, that's precisely the point I wanted to try to establish because John McCrethy was under the impression in Washington that because the Marines had been landed in your general vicinity, some of them clearly, if we can look at the map, clearly on their way to the American Embassy, which is about a mile from where you are, we're going to take up positions around the Marriott Hotel. How many foreigners are there in there? And is there nobody around the hotel at the moment? There's about 200 of us here, and uh, no. The only, the, only, uh, the only armed men we see around the hotel are, are those uh, members of the Dignity Battalion, and there, there are, uh, they, throughout the, the, uh, the neighborhood, uh, driving by and, and uh, uh, breaking, uh, breaking into the hotel lobby and then, uh, and then leaving just as quickly as they arrive. So we're looking at, again at the video of the forces being landed uh, uh, by these uh, troop-carrying helicopters. Were they on their way to the embassy? Am I correct about that? The soldiers, the American soldiers, yes. yes. We have now eight, uh, a total of eight tanks that have uh, surrounded the American tanks that are protecting the U.S. Embassy. Uh, that is one direction they flew in. Another contingency of helicopters flew south where they landed on a beachhead and, uh, and uh, pursued another group of Dignity Battalions. So there was some some fighting between both sides there. But that was just that was about three hours ago. It is ironic uh, because you know in, in, in all the, so often in these combat situations, a hotel uh, becomes uh, a place for the foreigners. The Commodore Hotel in Beirut was famous. The Sheridan Hotel in Dhaka in Bangladesh when the civil war was going on there. Now you've got this situation of 200 foreigners. Who are they? of businessmen, uh, a group of businessmen were here, and most of the rest are, are journalists who had uh, flown here over the last week. And of course you've had uh, trouble in the past from the Noriega regime, those of you who are journalists. He's never been a fan, has he? John, reflect uh, for a moment, and it's very difficult for you because you and Bob Campos worked very quickly together. We all have, you know, our fingers crossed that General Powell was correct when he said that uh, uh, the military was in a position to deal with all of the hostages situation. I'll check my notes to see precisely that is what he said. And in that first briefing at the Pentagon this morning, one of the things made very clear, uh, <coughs> excuse me, was that when the U.S. descended, I beg your pardon, <coughs> that was when the U.S. descended, when this operation began eight hours and three minutes ago. Uh, one of the very first operations uh, was to secure those areas of 
Panama where Americans are living. And we'll review that operation in just a short while ago. The Panama Canal, as we mentioned, is closed the first time in its 75-year history. Talk about how things uh, travel around the world in a hurry, at least news. Uh, not only did the canal close a short while ago, but the price of oil, world oil, uh, on world markets was already going up. Uh, there is nothing more sensitive politically than the world oil market, and if you were not able to ship oil uh, through the Panama Canal, you'll have to ship it around the bottom of South America, and therefore it will be more expensive, and therefore some people somewhere in the world will be paying more for their oil. But if you take a look at these various locks here, you'll see why one of the one of the things the United States did first was to try to secure the canal because it does not take much to disrupt it. There were rumors, as there are always rumors in a situation like this, that one of the things that General Noriega's loyalists might try to do would be to sink a ship in the canal. Well, take a look at it. You can see how narrow it is and how devastating it would be and how easy it might be to mine one of those ships and sink it in the middle of the canal it would cause havoc with that shipping, even though uh, the Panama Canal is less uh, valuable militarily and economically to the United States now than it has been in almost all of its 75-year history. Um, we did a short while ago, just in case you joined us, it's 10 o'clock, a little after 10 o'clock Eastern Time, just received the first video from Panama a few minutes ago. Here's a brief look of the International Airport. Uh, which the 82nd Airborne, if my memory serves me correctly, was the unit which landed on the airport. They secured the airport. They wanted to disable any aircraft uh, which the Panamanians could use against them, which were not very many, only helicopters in most cases. But also, as uh, the Pentagon told us this morning, wanted to secure any aircraft that any members of the Panamanian establishment opposed to the American intervention might use for a getaway. Which raises the whole question as we look at some of these pictures, where is General Noriega? The answer is, nobody knows. This is the lobby of the Marriott Hotel, the ill-secured Marriott Hotel, according to John Quinones, who is in the hotel at the moment, where they've had a long, they've had a couple of incursions this evening by members of these so-called Dignity Brigades, and it has been a very tough night for uh, foreigners there. Can't identify this much for you, except to say that may or may not be an American patrol boat off the coast, but if it was Panamanian, we also know that the Pentagon said that the U.S. military moved very quickly uh, to nullify, I believe they said, the capabilities of any uh, seagoing Panamanian operation, which means basically somebody blew up the boats. And these are some of the C-141s which flew from Fort Bragg in North Carolina and from Travis Air Force Base in California, carrying in the 82nd Airborne and various infantry brigades, uh, military police brigades, and the 193rd Infantry, the 82nd Airborne. And they divided basically into a variety of task forces uh, covering various areas of the country, from the Caribbean side of Panama to the Pacific side, and from the north to south, uh, from Costa Rica in the north down to Colombia. And everything we can tell so far is that in military terms, when it comes to dealing with the Panamanian Defense Forces, the operation has been pretty much as successful as they had hoped for. There is this there is this extremely difficult situation of the hostages. But there you get a little inclination, a little indication of what it looked like early today 
as Americans landed in Panama, in that case in Panama City. John Quinones, you told us a while ago that many Panamanians greeted uh, the Americans enthusiastically. Absolutely, Peter. Uh, those choppers uh, landed in St. Mart there on the beach, and as the uh, American Marines, about 50 of them, were uh, jumping out of their choppers, they got stuck in the mud, and uh, uh, Panamanians came to the rescue. It was an incredible sight. Uh, ropes were brought in, and they were pulled out, and as they were pulled out, uh, these uh, Marines uh, then proceeded to chase uh, some of the, uh, the Panamanian troops that were still firing at them, and, and the fighting continued. Uh, with a little help for the Americans from the Panamanians. I should mention to you, Peter, that uh, the, uh, the Mexican government has decided to uh, come to the rescue of its citizens staying at, at this hotel. Uh, when told that its people are imperiled here, uh, the Mexican embassy uh, decided to send, uh, to send some transportation for all Mexican uh, citizens uh, to be taken to the, uh, to the Mexican embassy here in Panama for protection. My concern is that these Dignity Battalions are now much angrier because they've lost all ground to the American invading troops. And that uh, unlike uh, earlier this morning when they came here with a message and took us up to the first floor, kept us under very careful watch with their guns, at one point one of them pointed his AK-47 at my head. and uh, made some trigger-pulling sounds. At another point, he stuck it up against my teeth and said, a lot of Panamanians have died. Don't believe for a moment. I won't kill you. Now, uh, first pictures are in uh, of the attack on uh, Panama and if, uh, to CBS News. And if you haven't seen those, we'll be showing those to you as the morning goes along. President Bush was up uh, almost all night as the attack was launched, uh, monitoring events in Panama. Vice President Quayle was with him for at least a while. The White House seemed to make a point of uh, announcing that. And uh, then later this morning, uh, President Bush went on television to discuss the military action, primarily his reasons for taking it. CBS News White House correspondent Wyatt Andrews is standing by now there on Pennsylvania Avenue. Wyatt. Dan, good morning again. The, the president's uh, broad justification uh, for sending troops after Noriega it boils down to he, the fact that he had had it with Noriega. That he said, beginning with the declaration of a state of war declared by Noriega last Friday and culminating with the specific threats against Americans over the weekend, the death of the U.S. Marine, that that put all Americans in Panama in imminent danger, the president said. And because of that, he said he had no choice but to send troops to try to remove Noriega by force. For nearly two years, the United States, the nations of Latin America and the Caribbean have worked together to resolve the crisis in Panama. The goals of the United States have been to safeguard the lives of Americans, to defend democracy in Panama, to combat drug trafficking, and to protect the integrity of the Panama Canal Treaty. Many attempts have been made to resolve this crisis through diplomacy, and negotiations. All were rejected by the dictator of Panama, General Manuel Noriega. As for events here at the White House today, Dan, the president is staying in the Oval Office and it will continue to monitor events in Panama. Most of his public schedule today has been canceled. Uh, on the big picture, we should point out, the president stressed in his speech this morning that he thought the major objectives 
uh, of the military invasion today had been achieved, namely that the uh, government that had been elected by the Panamanian people last May had been installed in office and that he moved, therefore, very quickly to lift the economic sanctions against Panama in an effort to prove to the Panamanian people that the U.S. wanted things to return to normal quickly. Having said that, the White House nor the Pentagon is making any claim that uh, things have completely returned to normal, that the danger to Americans uh, has been eliminated. That has particular sharp relevance given these continuing reports that hostages are being taken. And there has been no explanation, Dan, uh, really from the president or from uh, General Powell over at the Pentagon as to why, despite uh, the weeks of contingency planning and the two days of specific planning, they missed Noriega. Uh, General Powell emphasizing, as uh, he acknowledges they'd missed Noriega so far, uh, that uh, it was still in the early stages, as he put it. Uh, thanks, Wyatt. It's impossible to list all of the U.S. military units involved in the attack and the continuing fighting in Panama, but they include elements of the 82nd uh, Airborne. Uh, there were a number of uh, parachute drops. Uh, this is some of the footage, the first footage in uh, this morning. Uh, these were aircraft uh, flying uh, over Panama City, giving themselves a wide arc uh, to uh, see virtually the whole city below them. Uh, elements of the 82nd Airborne were dropped. Ranger battalions were uh, at least one was dropped. Special Forces, 193rd Infantry Brigade, uh, a Marine, uh, several Marine operations took place. Uh, the 7th uh, Infantry Brigade from Fort Ord, California was involved, as was the 5th Infantry Brigade from Fort Polk, uh, Louisiana, as were a number of military police uh, operations, including support groups from the Navy and the United States Air Force, all involved as American troops backed by fighter jets and waves of U.S.-based reinforcements attacked Panamanian Army bases today, trying to do, uh, in a massive bid, trying to capture General Noriega and break his defiant grip on power. They have broken his grip on power. They did not, at least not yet, have they captured Noriega. Now, we'll keep you posted on events as they develop during the day. Right now, let's get caught up on some of the rest of the day's news with Charlie Osgood. Charlie? Thank you, Dan. Some of the other things going on in the world are these. It is not the most natural of relationships, the military and the press. It grows to a large extent out of uh, a difficult relationship uh, in Vietnam in which uh, many American men and women who served in Vietnam in the military believe still many of them believe, contributed to American defeat there. There you see some people in Panama moving. But again, uh, this is, uh, dare I say it, the danger of, uh, of bringing raw video. But that's the kind of circumstance we're forced into at the moment because we cannot tell you precisely what it is. But I hope by telling you, uh, we don't uh, put ourselves in the position of misleading you. The operation has been going on for about nine and a half hours and U.S. forces have landed all over Panama. They have secured all of their primary objectives. The first phase of the operation, so the Pentagon says, is over. Um, there hasn't been an enormous political reaction in Washington. In part, this is because the Congress is on Christmas recess. Though we have heard from a couple of congressmen, Robert Torricelli, the Democrat from New Jersey, came on and said in his view the president should be supported. Chris Dodd, the Democrat from Connecticut, both of whom serve on foreign affairs subcommittees dealing with Latin America, uh, believe there is broad support for the president. We have heard, and it's a minority this morning, 
um, that the president has seized an opportunity to do something in Panama that he and the Reagan administration before him had wanted to do and has has really taken the events of last weekend, the declaration of war on the United States, the uh, declaration by General Noriega that he was a maximum leader and turned it on its head when, when General Noriega said that over the weekend and the parliament or the Congress declared war on America. The administration did say these were merely insignificant words. Now, today, in to some degree, to justify the position which the president has taken, these words are now used as having been inflammatory. It is also true, however, that over the weekend, the tension level between the U.S. and Panama rose significantly. Uh, with the death of uh, one American serviceman um, and the brief detainment uh, and abuse of another and the sexual abuse, verbal abuse, I hasten to add, of one U.S. serviceman's wife. And then a Panamanian military policeman was shot by a plainclothes member of the American armed services. Uh, carrying, as it turned out, an unauthorized weapon. So all of the circumstances were right. And if you look at the polls and you listen to the politicians, as we in journalism do, it is not hard to detect that there is very broad support uh, in the country to deal with a man who is, among other things, under indictment in the United States on drug trafficking charges. I think we can now also go to Washington to listen for the moment while we're looking at these pictures to the opinions of, well, these are, I'm told, Noriega's headquarters. Again, that's uh, somewhat misleading because, as, uh, as, we've, as we've said repeatedly in the last several hours, he's the kind of man who moves as many as four or four, five times a night. He knew this was coming. We talked earlier to one of his lawyers, his lawyer in Miami, who talked to him only yesterday. There you see an exchange of fire. And General Noriega knew this was in the works and may have known that it was in the works uh, within days. He's an extremely callous, wily, smart, um, devious uh, politician come soldier or soldier come politician. So anybody who expected that they would go and find General Noriega at his headquarters uh, probably had a surprise coming. But when they talked about the fires, it was at the PDF headquarters, the Panamanian Defense Force headquarters at one end of Panama City. And there you see uh, the best example we have seen in the early video coming from Panama of the kind of considerable destruction uh, which uh, the U.S. military says it has inflicted on various Panamanian Defense Force installations. Some PDF fighting fairly vigorously, particularly here we are told, some PDF elements simply not fighting at all and fading away either because they were anti-Noriega, fading away because they didn't want to mix it up with a very superior U.S. force, uh, fading away perhaps as there has been considerable speculation to fight another day. What I'd like to know from our control room is whether Noel Cook is available to listen to in Washington. He is not. Will you tell me when he is? But while we're looking at these pictures, um, we, can also, we can also talk to Jim Laurie, um, our bureau chief in Moscow. Uh, Jim, someone raised the interesting thought today for you to comment on, which is if the United States can be doing this in Panama, why should the Soviet Union not be doing it in Romania, uh, where the government of Nikolai Ceausescu is showing the most repressive tendencies this week? 
But Peter, the Soviets clearly show no inclination to do anything in Romania. They have never got along very well anyway with that uh, country. And in fact, at this time, there are very few contacts between Romania and the Soviet Union. Soviets are being barred from entering that country. And I, I have no indication that the Soviets would even consider taking military action. The reaction today to the events in Panama in the Soviet Union have been completely negative. There have been official foreign ministry comments condemning the action and we've had uh, a poll recently taken uh, outside the corridors of the Congress of People's Deputies here in which we asked a number of delegates their reaction overwhelmingly negative among the comments Peter uh, Georgi Arbatov one of the senior foreign policy advisors uh, made the comment that you couldn't have done more for our military industrial complex here in the Soviet Union you preach armaments, but uh, but here's what you do. You go ahead and, and you use your military might. It's a sad day, said one other delegate. Uh, delegate, he said, it's a return to gunboat diplomacy. We thought that era had ended. The Soviet position seems to be you cannot treat this Panama episode in isolation. That It sends signals around the world, and here in the Soviet Union, they are not welcome signals. It's an interesting reaction, Jim, because the early reading here... All of this has unfolded. President Bush was going on a hunting trip, hunting vacation, and uh, he'll have a press conference on the tarmac. This is just after uh, General Noriega has turned himself into the Vatican uh, and their consulate there in Panama. Uh, you'll also hear the president talk about in this press conference the situation that we'll be covering in our next episode in Romania. And for those who uh, are unfamiliar uh, with the complexity of an operation of this nature, uh, you ought to study it and learn from it because it was uh, an amazing, uh, amazingly well-coordinated, superbly executed operation. Now, inasmuch as this is a vacation, I thought I'd take a question or two to get the year ending up in reasonably good fashion, but not too many. Oh, wait a minute, we got, we got the wires, do I have to be on my protocol? All right, let's, let's follow protocol. We have, we have charged with this country, and Panama wants to get into that would require a lot of consultation because we don't want to do anything that even implies undermining the sovereign power of the uh, of Panama or the the uh, the uh, fact that this government is operating uh, with the trust of the people so we'd have to nego we'd have to have some real uh, serious negotiations if it comes to that that's not the way it appears to be leaning but it I, I wouldn't want to uh, go against the will of the Indira government. Here we go, UP, and then we'll get a couple of others. Can you tell us the status of the, of the efforts to break the impasse? Just the ongoing talks, and uh, I think, the, I think the, nuncio, uh, the nuncio is awaiting instructions from the Vatican. We've made clear our preference, and that is to bring the man to trial uh, and subsequently to justice uh, for, for uh, uh, on, uh, you know, to, because of this indictment that's against him. Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. President, a lot of people, a lot of people think the Vatican is wrong-headed in doing it. 
Is the Vatican being wrong-headed, not turning him over immediately? What do you think the legal issues are? How would are you here? like it if people were negotiating and talking and then somebody jumped up and said they were wrong-headed, especially at this time of year, especially since it's the Vatican? <laughs> but are they? Are they being... What are the we're legal not, issues? We're not posturing ourselves as trying to be in calling people to task at this point at all. We're, we're trying to solve a difficult problem here. And we're totally engaged. The Secretary of State and I'll be talking about it in just a few minutes more. And uh, we've, we, uh, but I'm not going to start name calling uh, at a time when we're trying to solve a very important problem for, uh, for the United States system of justice. Leslie, uh, we'll come right across here. Uh, you just said, uh, when asked about Panama taking him, you said that's not the way it's leaning, as if it's leaning in some direction. Where is it leaning? And secondly, well, the Vatican. If the Vatican decides that it will be a third country, will we do anything to stop that? Well, uh, it's too hypothetical. And, and where it's leaning, I hope it's leaning for his being returned to the United States. But again, I, I think that the question that uh, was asked about the p officials in Panama has to very much be on our mind. Uh, and we will, uh, obviously, uh, want to see him extradited to the United States. And that may determine where, where he ends up. But look, at this point, we're still going down the road of trying to get him sent here. Charles, then, then come back here. Are, do you fear that uh, Mr. Noriega might disclose any CIA information that could embarrass you or the government? No. I, I don't think so. I think that's uh, history, and I think that that uh, main thing is that he should be tried, brought to justice. And we are pursuing that course with no fear of that. There, you know, you may get into some... A release of certain confidential documents that he may try to blindside the whole justice process, but the system works, so I wouldn't worry about that. Would, yeah. Would you open up any documents that he might request so that there'd be no question, as there has been in other cases? I, there'd be enough to see that he's given a totally fair trial, certainly, but nobody's going to, uh, well, totally to see that he gets a fair trial. Yeah. How are you going to handle concerns by Latin American countries that the United States shouldn't have even gone in? Well, I think that's going to require some, uh, uh, a lot of diplomatic effort and a lot of it on my part. And I've talked to many of the leaders in this hemisphere already, but I think as they see a, this government that was democratically elected, they see it functioning, they see Noriega brought to justice, uh, they see that he's out of the picture. None of them supported him at all. They all found him outrageous. Uh, then I think you'll begin to see uh, the problem that might have been caused by, by a prolonged conflict down there laid totally to rest. Yeah, Ann? What, have you picked up the phone and called either the papal nuncio in Panama or Pope John Paul? And if not, why not? Are you personally involved in the negotiations? I'm personally involved, but I haven't done either of those two things. Next question. Tell us what Next you have question. done. Says that it won't attend the drug summit as a form of protest. Uh, what is your response to that? Are you concerned that it might compromise the effectiveness of the summit in general? Well, I would hope that Garcia would change his mind. Well, in as much as Peru is an Andean country, and this is an Andean summit with the United States participating, trying to help them, uh, I would think it would be uh, less, in, you know, less uh, inclusive, obviously. But I, 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 I think that. Uh, um, there are ways to continue to try to help Peru in this fight. Okay, yeah. there's a time limit on how, how long this stalemate can go on? No, no time limit. Just like we didn't have a time set on when Nor Noriega would no longer be in the field fighting. Yeah. 
Well, I'm just amazed and respectful of the change that has taken place. I, we did say that we were concerned that the trial of Ceausescu should have been more open, but that's their matter. They went forward, and uh, I think now uh, is to bring the remaining holdout security forces to bay. Uh, the Army seems to be doing that, and uh, my concern is for tranquility and freedom in Romania. And you know what touched me? was hearing this guy singing a Christmas carol. It was reported that it was the first time uh, in public, uh, public airways uh, in some 40 years that a Christmas carol was allowed to be heard on Romanian TV. It made a dramatic statement for me, yeah. I think democracy and freedom is on the move around the world. So, uh, no, you're right. I didn't predict the rapidity of this change. I don't think anybody in the world did, but we rejoice in it. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mr. President, uh, the Vatican said this morning that could not turn Mr. Noriega over to the United States or a third country. Yet you said it doesn't seem to be leaning towards him going to Panamania. I mean, doesn't that statement settle it? Or is there something going on? You know, what statement, Michael? The Vatican apparently, perhaps while you were in the air, said that uh, they could not turn Noriega over the United States or I believe any third country. Wouldn't that sound that complicates things if they said that, but I've learned not to, uh, not to uh, make comment until I know exactly what was said and in what context it was placed. But we will continue to negotiate. we got time for two more right over here. Yeah. Make that three. Mr. President, are you concerned that you're not concerned about that at all. Well, why should I be? Things have done well. It's winding down. I am in close touch by, very close touch by telephone, by secure link, and uh, Secretary of State is here, and we have some important things to go over, so it never occurred to me. Now, if the matter were still going, and there was a lot of fighting, and Noriega was not in custody, it would have been different. But I, uh, I look, I don't make any cover. I'm going to be enjoying myself. And I think the American people understand that. And I think I've worked pretty hard all year long. So uh, I'll keep on this path, and I hope it's correct. Yeah. That would concern me, yes. Unless he were in total custody and sentenced to, sentenced to the prison sentence he deserved. Last one. It's with regret that I tell you I can't hear you. Next. Last one. I don't know. I haven't heard the discussion of when that will be. They've just finished an election not many months ago. I believe it'll be certified by the Electoral Commission. And uh, I think they should have time to govern now. Thank you all. I hope you all have a marvelous time and that you, too, don't have to work every minute. I hope there's some R&R &R out there for you and relaxation. Did you hear what Senator Root?
So President Bush obviously in a very good mood as he begins his six-day hunting and fishing vacation in Texas. Said that General Noriega turning himself in was a very good Christmas present to the American people. With President Bush in that press conference, uh, Noriega is at the consulate at the Vatican, and they are trying to deal with Pope John Paul II and with uh, the cardinal there about getting their hands on Noriega. That's going to take a little while. And what they'll do is blast rock music outside the uh, consulate morning, day, and night until Noriega finally gives up. And there's a, a running story that it was, I fought the law and the law won. Uh, but uh, anyway, Noriega finally gives up and turns himself in. Um, and the president addresses the nation afterwards. And then Noriega faces drug charges in Miami, which we will cover. Well, on Wednesday, December 20th, I ordered U.S. troops to Panama with four objectives. To safeguard the lives of American citizens, to help restore democracy, to protect the integrity of the Panama Canal Treaties, and to bring uh, General Manuel Noriega to justice. All of these objectives have now been achieved. At about 8.50 this evening, General Noriega turned himself in to U.S. authorities in Panama with the full knowledge of the Panamanian government. He was taken to Howard Air Force Base in Panama, where he was arrested by DEA. A U.S. Air Force C-130 is now transporting General Noriega to Homestead Air Force Base, Florida. He will be arraigned in the U.S. District Court in Miami on charges stemming from his previous indictment for drug trafficking. I want to thank the Vatican and the Papal Nuncio in Panama for their even-handed, statesmanlike assistance in recent days. The United States is committed to providing General Noriega a fair trial. Nevertheless, his apprehension and return to the United States should send a clear signal that the United States is serious in its determination that those charged with promoting the distribution of drugs cannot escape the scrutiny of justice. The return of General, General Noriega marks a significant milestone in Operation Just Cause. The U.S. used its resources in a manner consistent with political, diplomatic, and moral principles. The first U.S. combat troops have already been withdrawn from Panama. Others will follow as quickly as the local situation will permit. We are now engaged in the final stages of a process that includes the economic and political revitalization of this important friend and neighbor, Panama. An economic team under the direction of Deputy Secretary of State Eagleburger and Deputy Secretary of Treasury Robson is just returning from Panama. A team of experts has remained on hand there to assess the full range of needs. We will continue to extend to the Panamanian people our support and assistance in the days ahead. Panamanians and Americans both have sacrificed much to restore democracy to Panama. The armed forces of the United States have performed their mission courageously and effectively 
And I again want to express my gratitude and appreciation to all of them. And I want to express the special thanks of our nation to those servicemen who were wounded and to the families of those who gave their lives. Their sacrifice has been a noble cause and will never be forgotten. A free and prosperous Panama will be an enduring tribute. Thank you all very, very much. General Noriega had become a prisoner of war. He was then flown to Miami, where he was arraigned on the charges a grand jury had returned two years earlier. September 5th, 1991, the trial began. Noriega, dressed in his uniform, faced 10 charges of drug trafficking, money laundering, and racketeering. Prosecutor Michael Sullivan began by calling Noriega a small man in a general's uniform, who gave his permission, authorization, and encouragement to a scheme to transform his nation into an international cocaine trafficking center. Witnesses included Floyd Carlton and Lieutenant Colonel Luis Del Cid, who took the stand in return for lighter sentences. Carlton testified he flew shipments of drugs for the general, while Lieutenant El Cid described himself as Noriega's errand boy, bodyguard, and bagman. What was Noriega's defense? For starters, the lead defense attorney, Frank Rubino, attacked El Cid, saying he agreed to testify only after the government promised to reduce his sentence. And what did the lieutenant say to that? Lieutenant El Cid simply replied, Creo que todos I think algo. everyone wants something. Noriega's lawyers also tried to convince the jury that the CIA knew what he was doing. However, proof of Noriega's connections to the CIA were kept from the jury. So, what did they decide? The jury found Manuel Noriega guilty on eight of the ten counts brought against him. And what sort of sentence did he receive? Well, before sentencing, General Noriega, who had remained silent throughout his trial, was asked if he wanted to say something. And did he? Oh, yes. However, instead of asking the court for leniency, as one might expect, he was defiant to the no end. Alegaré, admitiré culpa, ni me arrastraré frente a los Estados Unidos. I will not plead, admit guilt, or grovel in front of the United States, he said. Instead, he chose to deliver a two-hour tirade in which he insulted our U.S. military and president. Acuso a George Herbert Walker Bush de su I accused George Herbert Walker Bush of exercising his power and authority to influence and subvert the American judicial system in order to convict me. I'm sure that didn't make the judge very happy. Nope. He was subsequently sentenced to 40 years in prison. And is he still there? Nope. No? After a brief extradition to France in 2010 to face accusations for human rights violations he committed there, he was extradited back to Panama in 2011 to serve time for crimes committed during his reign in Panama. And there he died at the age of 83.
Thank you for listening to Bridging the Political Gap. If you've liked what you've heard, please share it. And we would love to hear from you and your thoughts on, on our show. So if you'd like to, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, thanks again, and so long for now.